Good morning and welcome to Seneca Community Church Online. We're very thankful to have you joining with us this Resurrection Sunday, Easter morning. So thank you for uh, tuning in on YouTube or listening to us on SoundCloud or on uh, Apple uh, Podcasts. Again, it's great to have you here. The early church, when they would greet each other in their early days, would greet each other like this on Easter. They would say, Christ is risen. And then the response would be, he is risen indeed. So I want to just uh, try that for a moment and see if I can hear, like, let's say, Martha down in Hector. So I'm going to say, Christ is risen. All right. I think I heard you, Martha. I think I heard Martha and Martha in Trumansburg also. Uh, let's uh, try that again and see if I can hear, let's see, uh, the uh, Shaws up in Seneca Falls. Christ is risen. All right, great job, Alan Maisie. That is fantastic. Uh, let's see if we can hear anybody, uh, let's say, up in Waterloo. Christ is risen. All right, very good, uh, Jim and Lori Gardner. That's excellent. Well, we could probably do this all day. Let, let me try. Let's see if I can hear uh, the um, Hortons down in Willard area. Christ is risen. Uh, come on, guys. You guys do better at Awana, so you're much louder than that. Well, anyway, it's great to have you with us online uh, this morning, and uh, we're just uh, very happy to have you with us joining us this Easter morning. Of course, we'd love to be together and be face-to-face -face and enjoying each other's company, having coffee together, and all that goes along with that. Also, by the way, as I'm thinking about it, just a reminder, we are going to be doing a virtual coffee in the Commons online at 11.15 on Zoom. You can go to our Facebook page and find the uh, information on how to click and access that. So we hope you would actually uh, do that. So again, it's, it's great to have you with us here this morning. Uh, let's just open up our time in prayer. Gracious Heavenly Father, we just thank you for what Easter means to us, Resurrection Sunday. It's the resurrection that makes all the difference. Uh, if there was no resurrection, uh, the Bible, uh, Christianity, spirituality would be something nice, but it wouldn't have the power and it really wouldn't be making a difference for eternity. So we're so thankful that you demonstrated your power by uh, raising Jesus from the dead. And we're thankful that we claim that power in our own lives that someday we'll go to be with you. And uh, we will be uh, living with you throughout eternity in the new heavens and the new earth. So we thank you for that. We thank you for what Easter means to us. Father, we just uh, think of our world and we think of the situations going on in our country, and we continue to ask that you would give wisdom to our leaders, our president, uh, the task force, the new task force that's going to be coming online on Tuesday. Uh, we are just thankful that someone's making these decisions. Uh, Lord, I'm happy that I personally don't have to make those decisions, so we just pray that you would guide and lead them and direct them. Uh, Lord, we, again, we also think of those people that are on the front lines caring for the sick. Uh, we also think of those in our own midst that uh, may be sick with COVID-19 and they're, they're sequestered in their own home by themselves. I uh, heard stories about people being, in a sense, stuck in the basement or wherever, trying to uh, distance themselves from the rest of their family. We just uh, pray for them and we ask that you give them strength. 
We think of other churches that are meeting across our area or online, and uh, we're all trying to, in a sense, feel our way along this new uh, avenue. And Lord, we just uh, pray for Interlaken First Baptist and Interlaken uh, Reformed, uh, Jesse and Dave down there, and as they uh, work on sharing your message, your good news of Easter, uh, even today online, we just ask that you give them a special blessing. We think of Dave in Waterloo at Waterloo Baptist. We think of Ray over at Seneca Falls. Uh, we think of uh, Dale at, at uh, Geneva Assembly of God Church and just the, the many others, Jameson at Lake uh, Country Christian Church. And we just ask that you would help all of us as we're trying to point to you in an unusual way this Easter season that you would empower us and help us and, and make those messages really uh, touch all of our hearts. Uh, we just thank you in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Well, this morning we're going to start off by looking at when something is okay, it really isn't okay. It's just not okay. AT&T uh, did a commercial series where they just did commercial after commercial after commercial that said, if it's just okay, it isn't okay. this ride safe? Assembled it myself last night. I think I did an okay job. Just okay? What if something bad happens? We just moved in the next town. Just okay is not okay, especially when it comes to your network. I don't know about you, but if I heard the person setting up the carnival ride, the fair ride, saying that they set it up and they're okay at doing it, I would realize that that isn't okay. It would also feel that way if I brought my car to a car shop and was like this guy. Hey. Hey, hey how you doing? Oh, Phil, are you guys good with brakes? We're okay. Just okay? We got a saying here. The brakes don't stop it, something will. That's not a real saying. It is around here. I wrote it. Just okay is not okay, especially when it comes to your network. Being just okay isn't okay when it comes to uh, our cars, uh, rides at an amusement park, so many other areas, uh, our life, and we just, uh, just don't feel good about that. But it even is true when it comes to our spiritual life, when it comes to Easter. When we think about Easter, being just okay with Easter actually isn't okay. And we'll start to unpack that as we look at that, but the idea of being okay with Easter, maybe you're tuning in and uh, uh, you uh, tuning in maybe for the first time and you're just trying to check out things of faith or, or maybe you're just okay with things of faith. It just kind of hangs out there and you're, you're just okay with that. But being just okay with Easter isn't okay because Easter has significance that can touch or should touch all of our lives. Uh, maybe you're a Christ follower, and maybe you've just gotten to the place where, yeah, faith is kind of just out there. Yes, you've said yes to Christ, but it's not uh, like uh, really pounding in your heart, and you're okay with faith. But, but just being okay with faith isn't okay. Said another way, when you feel just okay with Easter, you will be engaged on the surface, and you won't be confident enough to stake your life on it. 
See, just being on okay with something doesn't mean that you're confident with it. It doesn't mean that you're leaning into it. It doesn't mean that you actually put the weight of your life on it. And especially in times like this, we're all looking at the things that we, in a sense, lean on, rest on, put the weight of our lives on, and we're finding that there aren't too many things out there that are secure. They were okay, but just being okay has not been okay. We see that happening time and time again. We see this individual having the same situation. Have you ever worked for Dr. Francis? Oh, yeah. He's okay. Just okay? Guess who just got reinstated? Well, not officially. Nervous? Yeah. Yeah, me too. Don't worry about it. We'll figure it out. I'll see you in there. Just okay is not okay, especially when it comes to your... None of us would want to have a doctor working on us that said they were just okay. That wouldn't be okay. We would want someone that had a little more confidence a little bit more engagement, a little bit more strength than that. So when you and I think of Easter, when you and I think of spiritual things and we're kind of passive about it, we're not engaged with it, and we think it's just okay, it's not okay. Especially when it comes to the meaning of what Easter is all about. You see, just okay with Easter makes it possible that the tomb isn't really empty, and Jesus is dead, not alive. You see, when you and I find that faith and things of faith and things of God and things of Jesus, we're just kind of okay with it. It's not the heartbeat of our life. Maybe that's because really deep down inside, it's almost like the tomb isn't empty, and Jesus is dead. Because being just okay isn't okay when it comes to faith and when it comes to God being a part of our lives. You see, when that is our rhythm of life, when that is our heartbeat of life, possible may not, maybe not probable. And in a sense, that, that's a question. Possible, maybe not probable. When things are just okay, with faith and how it interacts and how we interact with it in our life. It's almost like that comment that sometimes I would say to my girls, we'll see. Hey, Dad, can we have a dog? We'll see. That really meant, no, it's not happening. It's not happening. We'll see. Probably, probably, maybe not probable. So when we think about faith and we think about Easter and we think about all these things, if it really hasn't gripped our heart, but we're okay with it, life really isn't okay. You see, when you and I get to that place, we find ourselves looking at Christian, Christianity really being is, is a smoke and mirrors show, if you will. It's, it's kind of like a, a false security. We're leaning on something it really doesn't grab our heart. It really doesn't make a difference in our daily lives. It doesn't really uh, give us focus. And it's just smoke and mirrors. It's to make us feel kind of okay. It's, it's kind of like a scam. 
And for those kids that are listening on and you've got special words to um, highlight and circle to follow along with the message this morning, uh, you know what this is all about. And some might say that the Patriots are a smoke and mirror show. We'll find that out. So is Christianity a smoke and mirror show? Paul says this, face it. If there's no resurrection for Christ, everything we've told you is smoke and mirrors. And everything you've staked your life on is smoke and mirrors. So if you're listening in this morning and you're like, Easter is just okay, it's something that we kind of like to celebrate, that's really not okay. It's like this individual and what he faces. I'll get your taxes in an okay place. What? Well, just as soon as my audit is over. This gets my undivided attention. Take a lot of trips to the Caymans, Phil. Pretty great, right? Oh, Phil's legally dead. Fell off a boat. Going by Dennis now. Solari. <laughs> Long story. We got, oh, no. We're not going to want to see this. I don't think this is going to work. Just okay is not okay. Just okay? Not okay. You're getting the idea, I would imagine, that if it's just a game, if it's just kind of a smoke and mirror show, it, it makes you feel right in the, in the moment, but it's, it's just okay, but it really isn't okay. I've had some guys like that once, uh, or one time I had a guy like that prepare my taxes, and he was about, it's just okay, but I wasn't okay with it's just okay. we got to stay away from that. So when you and I don't really uh, come to terms with, is there a real, genuine resurrection of Jesus Christ, and we say it's okay, it's like we're just playing a game. It's like we're having somebody do our taxes, do our accounting work, and it's really not accurate. And all of us know that using someone like that eventually comes back to haunt us. So being just okay with faith, being just okay with Easter, and not having it really engage at a heart level in our life, not having it really transform our lives, it's going to come up, it's going to eventually catch up with us. Also, really, when we start to think about Easter and we start to think about the Bible and we start to think about these letters written by men inspired by God and we start to try to figure out how do they really speak into my life, if there's no resurrection, then really it's all one big lie. Just having some good pithy statements, having some good statements that our little slogans or whatever, we've been going through the Sermon on the Mountain, there's lots of good slogans in there, and they're wonderful, and they do help with life. But if there's no resurrection, it really, in the long run, doesn't matter. Paul continues on and says this, More than that, we are then found to be false witnesses about God. For we've testified about God that he raised Christ from the dead, but he did not raise him if, in fact, the dead are not raised. What Paul is saying is if you and I are speaking about the idea that uh, there, is, there is this God, but there is no resurrection, all the things we're basing our life on, all the things that we're talking about is one big lie. Now, some people believe that it's a big lie. But I would hope that you and I wouldn't be um, speaking and sharing and, and pointing to something that isn't true. It, it would just be a horrible thing for us to find out that it was all just a big game. 
personally on a personal level as being a pastor, and uh, I've given my life to this thing. I wouldn't want to be giving my life to something that was one big lie. And then it even goes farther. So you've got this smoke and mirrors show. You've got this idea of it being a big lie. Then you get to the place where you realize that heaven is just a sick joke. Now, I've had the privilege of being in a part of people's lives in very significant moments of their life. A wedding, I get to come and be a part of that, and I get welcomed in most of the time like one of the family. A crisis takes place, and all of a sudden I'm called, and I'm, I'm there, a part of the family. Uh, there's a celebration of life, talking about someone who's passed away, and, and there's this idea that they've said yes to Jesus, and, and when I celebrate that life along with the family, and I speak, and I talk about it, I talk about heaven, and I talk about heaven being a sure thing. Well, if there's no resurrection, if we're just okay with Easter, and it really doesn't make a difference in our lives, and it's not real, it's just a, a way to feel secure and something that's really not accurate, really not true, then as we point to heaven and we comfort people about heaven, it's just a big, sick joke. Paul goes on as he's speaking about this. He says, for if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. What a cruel joke to be a part of. What a cruel scam to be a part of if there's no resurrection. If Easter is just a time for us to be okay about family and getting together and talking about being good people and having a little spiritual emphasis to that. Heaven is just a sick joke. Probably been a part of hundreds of celebrations of life, hundreds of funerals. And that's just a sick joke to set a family up and say, everything's going to be okay. Someday you're going to see your mom, your dad, your brother, your sister, your uncle, whoever it may be. Someday you'll see them again because they've said yes to Christ. You can rest in the peace of that fact. If that's not true, that's just a sick joke. And because of that not being true, if that wasn't true, if we're just okay and okay is not right, is not good, then Christians, Christ followers, should be the most pitied people on the planet. Because you and I are placing our trust in something that's not genuine. That we can't really rest this life and eternity on. People should feel sorry for us. They should be sad that we're letting so much of our lives ride on this one central truth, that God sent his son to make our lives right with God, to, to pay the price of our sin, to offer himself for us so that we could believe in him and believe that he rose again. There's the power again. There's lots of people that have, have died that have been people of faith, but there's only one Jesus that rose again. And if that is not all true and accurate, then you should feel sorry for Christ's followers. If you're someone that's tuning in because a family member or a friend asked you to listen to this message, 
and you're listening to them and you're going, yeah, I'm okay with Easter, but you know, that's just kind of what it is, and it's a great time to kind of connect, but I'm okay with Easter. But this person that's invited you to tune in and listen, and they're, they're just really anxious to have you here and to see if it connects with your heart, you should look over to them right now, maybe not elbow them, but, but, but feel sorry for them because they're staking this life and the next chapter of life all on that. Paul says it this way, if only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are, all, uh, we, we are of all people most to be pitied. It's like having a parachute or having somebody that uh, is walking us through skydiving and we're ready to jump out of the plane and we've got the skydiving stuff on the parachute. We've got that person kind of connected with us and then all of a sudden we discover that uh, this person doesn't know what they are doing. Dopey, I'm perfectly okay at this. Just okay? First time is always hard. Does it get any easier? I'll let you know. Ah! Nope, the second time is just as scary. Just okay is not okay. Just okay is not okay. I hope you're getting that theme. You may say, Dave, you've said that a million times. I may say it a million more. But the idea is that we cannot be just okay with Easter. Because when we're just okay with things of faith, things of Easter... It's not okay. Paul himself put everything on the line. He even was fi- would find himself in arenas where there would be wild animals. We've seen those uh, movies where all of a sudden they're feeding uh, Christians to the lions. And, and Paul experienced that, and we read about that. He says, if I fought wild beasts in Ephesus with no more than human hopes, what have I gained? If the dead are not raised, let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we will die. You see, we're to be pitied. There are people out there that uh, have come to the conclusion that they're just okay with Easter, they're okay with someone else believing in a Jesus, they're okay with that, but it's not really a part of their life, it's, it's just something they know, and then there are those of us who are, 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 are relying on it for everything. And, uh, and if it's nothing then we should just stop living for God or trying to live for God and just live for ourselves, maybe be a little nice around the edges and get as much as we can for ourselves because this is it. So when we think about Easter and we think about it being just okay with Easter, we need to realize that there's another side of that. There's another piece of that. Just okay with Easter makes it possible that the tomb is empty and Jesus is alive. You see, we all start at that kind of same spot. We start with that first step, and that first step is to say, yeah, Easter could be a possibility. There could be a God that loves me. Maybe that's possible. Uh, Maybe there really was a Jesus, and we could go into all kinds of uh, historical information. We'd see that there definitely was a historical Jesus. So, So maybe we take that first step, and we're open to it. And if you and I are open to it, 
then maybe we can get beyond with of just okay. Possible, maybe probable. Possible, may be probable. See, Paul, again, in that same passage, continues to talk about that. He writes, but the truth is that Christ has been raised up the first in a long legacy of those who are going to leave the cemeteries. There is a nice symmetry in all of this. Death initially came by man, and resurrection from death comes by man. Everybody dies in Adam, that's that first man. And everybody comes alive in Christ, that's the second man. And you and I, he's saying, it is possible. You should not just be okay with Easter, because when you're just okay with the concept, it's not okay. But to take that first step, you and I say, maybe this is a possibility. And if this is a possibility, and if Jesus did die and was raised again, and all these people across our world, even in isolation, in, in, in containment, in, in separation, are still trying to celebrate this significant day, then maybe, then maybe you and I should take Jesus seriously. You see, Jesus must be taken seriously. If you take that first step and you say, yes, it's possible, and then you say, yes, God, come join my life through Jesus, then you and I have to take the second step, which is taking Jesus seriously. It's not because that earns God's love, that second step. It's just the reasonable thing to do. If you think Easter is real and the resurrection is real, and you say yes to him, the second step is to take him seriously in the way you and I live. And some of you might be saying, well, you know, Jesus is just one of many good teachers. He's just one person that um, just had a good connection, had some good things to say. People that followed him uh, did good things. Uh, a lot of our hospitals, a lot of our colleges, the first orphanages, it goes on and on. We're all developed and started by Christ followers taking Jesus seriously. So you may say that's all nice, but he was just one. But if we go back to some of Jesus' own words, we say that not that he's one of many. He actually calls himself one. Listen to what he says. He says, Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus himself is saying, there aren't all these options. There isn't a plan B. And for those of us who were together when we celebrated Good Friday, we read this passage where Jesus is looking for a plan B. Jesus is saying, is there any other way I can make things right with you? Is there another plan? And he comes to the conclusion after spending time with God in prayer, talking with him, while some of his disciples are just falling asleep. He comes to the conclusion that God is saying, no, there isn't a plan B. You have to give your life. And so he gives his life. He lays down his life. And if there was a plan B, if there could have been a plan B, 
Then when I think of God being a heavenly father, I think of God being a a horrible heavenly father. Because why would you let your son die a horrible death if there was another way to make people right with you? You wouldn't do it. You'd go, let's pull the lever and do plan B. But that doesn't happen. See, Jesus says, I am the way. And he believed that so strongly that he willingly lays down his life. So what does it mean to take God seriously, take Jesus seriously? Uh, There's a lot of changes that take place. They start in the inside and they work themselves out. But if there's no evidence of anything on the outside, you have to ask, is anything going on in the inside? If a seed hasn't been planted in the ground, or if it has been planted in the ground, you expect to see some things sprout up above the soil. The same thing is true. When you've said yes to Christ, you begin to take Jesus seriously, and things begin to sprout out, not to earn God's love, but because of God's love. Paul writes to the Christians at Galatia, he writes these things. It is obvious what kind of life develops out of trying to get your own way all the time. This is a person that has not said yes to Christ or has said yes, but trying to get their own way. Repetitive, loveless, cheap sex, a stinking accumulation of mental and emotional garbage, frenzied and joyless grabs for happiness, trinket gods, magic show religion, paranoia, loneliness, cutthroat competition, all-consumed yet never satisfied wants, a brutal temper, an impotence to love or be loved, divided homes and divided lives, small-minded and lopsided pursuits, the vicious habit of depersonalizing everyone into a rival, uncontrolled and uncontrollable addictions, ugly parodies of community, Paul writes, I could go on and on. This isn't the first time I've warned you, you know. If you use your freedom this way, you will not inherit God's kingdom. You aren't a part of it. You see, if you and I don't take that second step after saying, it's okay, if we just leave it at it's okay and it doesn't make a larger difference in our life, if we don't receive Christ into our life, we'll find that it's, 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 it's just not happening. And those of us who have said yes to Christ, there ought to be something on the outside that demonstrates that. Jesus, again, in his own words, drives this idea of soul and heart and second chapter of life and, and seeing how it's revealed in this chapter of life. He says this in Matthew, Do not be afraid of those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather be afraid of the one who destroys both soul and body in hell. We don't like those words. I don't like even saying those words. I'm a little uncomfortable because I think someone thinks I'm being judgmental. But this is Jesus talking about this. He's saying it's not good to just be okay with things of faith. Because when you're just okay with those things and you haven't really accepted, received it, repented, changed on the inside, you're in danger of not spending eternity with him. And the place that's Far from God for eternity is hell. It's separation from God. 
And you can look at passage after passage after passage that talks about hell not being a happy place. He's not looking to send people there. He's looking to save people from going there. So we don't want to just be okay with faith because it really isn't just okay. It needs to be pulsing through our life, our lifestyle, starting in a changed heart, which includes a different kind of focus. When you and I receive Christ, when you and I enter relationship with God through Christ, and it starts to change us from the inside out, all of a sudden our focus changes, our awareness changes, and things that are just okay are definitely not okay for us. Watch these couples out for dinner, and they realize as their focus has changed that it's okay is not okay. Everybody all set? Oh, any recommendations? The salmon rolls okay. Just okay? Is it fresh? Sort of. The chef had it this morning. Unfortunately, he went home sick, but he left instructions with Kyle. This fish is raw. Do we need a minute? Yes. yes. Just okay is not okay, especially when it comes to your network. Especially when it comes to eating at a restaurant where the cook's gone home sick. Okay is not okay. I would imagine if that commercial went on for another 30 seconds or a couple minutes, those two couples would have been out of there. You see, their focus has changed. They're hearing things. As a Christ follower, our focus changes. We read this in Matthew, and we've been talking about this as we've been looking at the Sermon on the Mount. We'll be back to that next week. It reads, Do not store up for yourselves treasure on earth where moth and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasure in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy, where their thieves do not break in and steal. And the idea is, is that when you and I have a change of focus, the investment of our lives is in heaven, is in heaven thinking is in long-term thinking, isn't just for the here and now. And so we live a different way. We invest our time, our abilities, our treasure somewhere else. In a sense, we send it on ahead because we know that this time on planet Earth and this chapter is short. And because our focus has changed, we see the difference of investing just for today or investing in tomorrow. Jesus goes on and says this, it's obvious, isn't it? The place where your treasure is, is the place you want to be and end up being. In other words, if you have a heart for the kingdom, if you have a heart for God, eventually you live your life so that when you meet him face to face, you're already there in a sense. You've sent it ahead. It's not to earn your way to God. It's just a result of knowing God. You're living for the future, not just today. It's just like what you do if you're saving for investments or saving for retirement. You're making investments today for tomorrow. Same kind of thing. Paul talks about what happens when you make investments for the future and it costs you now. What happens when you're thinking for the future and it costs you today? 
He writes this, For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. The idea of living for tomorrow, the idea of investing for heaven, investing for that new heavens and that new earth, so that when we arrive, God, Jesus will say, well done, my faithful and good servant. So when we move from it's just okay when it comes to things of faith, which is not okay, we realize our focus needs to change, but we also understand that nothing is too broken to be fixed. And for me, that's a huge relief. There's nothing in my life that is so broken that God can't step in and start fixing. Paul speaks about this to the church at Rome when he says, all these things that have happened in your life, all these crazy things, some things that have just happened to you, uh, some things that you've brought into your own life by making poor decisions or just not knowing any better. God can take all those broken pieces and put them together for something good. We know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Passage in Psalms that we've been talking about over the last few months, and it's kind of we kind of always come back to this at some level because I'm thinking about it, people are thinking about this. What do we do with our life? And how do we start? How do we start seeing God put those pieces back together? We read the psalmist saying this: God made my life complete when I placed all the pieces before him. You see, when we want to get into a relationship with God, when we want to see our relationship with God grow and we want to see healthy living become the natural way, the normal way of our life, we start off, and some of us, it's a daily event. We put the pieces of that day before him. And as we put them before him, he reads meaning and value into them and starts to put them together. Next verse says, when I got my act together, he gave me a fresh start. And the idea here is as we give him those pieces, we're putting our act together. That's our part. We bring the pieces to him. We don't hold the pieces back. We bring them to him. And he gives us a fresh start daily and regularly. And then the result is that now I am alert to God's ways. I don't take God for granted. I'm not just okay with things of faith, because I know it's not okay. That's taking God for granted. When we just want to involve, be involved in things of faith occasionally, that's taking God for granted. Not being all in, not putting the weight of our life in his hands is taking things for granted. He goes on and says, now... Every day, I review the ways he works. I try not to miss a trick. I try to look at my life. I try to look at Scripture, which speaks to living life in God's ways. And I don't want to miss anything. I want to be aware of when God's showing up in my life. I want to see how he works in my life. I don't want to miss it. 
I want to celebrate it. I want to enjoy it, and I want it to affect the way I navigate that day and the next day and the next day. And then there's the joy of having life start to come together. It's not like just throwing a switch, but life starts to come together. I feel put back together, and I'm watching my steps. I'm aware. God rewrote the text of my life when I opened the book of my heart to his eyes. In other words, what the psalmist is saying in modern-day talking is that he has a new operating system. Just like when you update uh, your computer to the next operating system, the hope is that when you update it, it's going to work, and it's going to work better. It's going to be smoother. Sometimes we long for the new operating system because then it adds some components to our electronic device. The psalmist is saying, as I put my pieces of life before you, you rewrite the operating system of my life. You keep updating it, and there's regular updates if you go online with him. If you're not online with him, if you're just okay, and okay isn't good, then you don't, in a sense, take those updates and receive those updates. But he will rewrite the operating system of our lives continually and regularly. So as we think about Easter this year, we think about the resurrection. We think about Resurrection Sunday. The significance of Jesus rising from the dead changes everything. That's why church regularly is on a Sunday, because that remembers every week, Resurrection Sunday, Easter Sunday. You see, the fact that that tomb is empty means that our heart doesn't have to be empty. An empty tomb can fill an empty heart. So as I think about what we've talked about as we digest, it's just okay, isn't okay. The empty tomb can fill our hearts. So this morning, if you're listening in and, and, and you realize that you have not, in a sense, asked God into your life through Christ, your heart has an empty spot in it. There's a hole in your heart. And he is the only one that can fill it. Nothing else can fill it. And this whole situation with COVID-19 has made us realize all the things we've been leaning on are not solid, are not secure. And it really upsets us because we don't know where to stand. We don't know what to stand on. When's it going to be over? What about this? What about that? My retirement has lost all this value. This, what about my job? All these kinds of things. And it just reveals the emptiness in our hearts. Someday things are going to get back to normal. I totally believe that. Whether it's in a month or months or whatever, it's going to get back to normal. And then the pressure of or the realization of the emptiness in our heart will start to fill in. And again, we'll be okay. But it's not okay. So I challenge you, challenge you, encourage you to take that step and place your trust in Christ. And then for those of us who have had that empty place in our heart filled, but every once in a while we drift, every once in a while we just become okay. It's around the edges. It's the side dish of our life. It's not the main dish of our life. 
We need to realize that we're going to feel that emptiness frequently when we back off, when we don't lean in. So an empty tomb can fill an empty heart. And the choice is up to you and me whether we allow the good news, the gospel of an empty tomb, we let that fill our heart. Please pray with me. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this time. I thank you for Resurrection Sunday and how much it means to us. Lord, I admit that there are times where I am just okay, which isn't okay. I, I uh, in a sense, drift a little bit, and, uh, and I let my heart get filled with other things. And Father, I ask that all of us would take some solitude time, some quiet time, and to really get a reading on where our heart is at. And if there's someone in the sound of my voice that's not said yes to you, I ask that in this moment they would say yes to you and begin that relationship with them, with you. And if there's someone here who's backed off a little bit, has filled their heart with other things, I ask that in especially times like these, they would realize that all that other stuff, no matter how enjoyable, whatever it may be, does not ultimately fill their heart. Help us to see that an empty tomb opens up the doorway to a filled heart. We ask all of this in Jesus' name. This time in our service is usually where we receive our tithes and our offerings. You've been doing that online. You've been mailing uh, checks in, and we really appreciate that. I just want to thank you. It really moves my heart uh, to see the way you've been generous, and many of you have been sacrificial. Uh, continue to do that. Uh, we really, really appreciate that. Just a reminder that we are going to do coffee time online at 11.15 on Zoom. If you go to Facebook, you just click on that link, and it should bring you right there. If you have any problems with that, uh, let us know. Uh, if you're in a situation where you have some needs, uh, please uh, email me. Call the church office. You see my email address, and you see the telephone number there and we'll try to respond to you as quickly as possible. We also just want to thank you for church, you being the church and being ready to help those in need. And we've already uh, seen some times where we've connected a person that needs some help with a person that is willing to help, and it's just a beautiful thing to see that all coming together. So again, I just want to say to you, Christ is risen. He's risen indeed. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday. And hopefully we'll see you back here online next Sunday. And sooner than later, we'll be back here in this room celebrating the risen Savior together in person. God bless. Be well and be safe. Take care.